So I want to talk a little bit about that to just explore um, with you, Deborah, a little about how we came up with this name, Thinking Pilates, the Thinking Pilates podcast, which after some discussion recently, we have discovered that there, there is really so much in this name, but I think it also links um, you, the listener, to what we're really hoping to accomplish with this podcast, which leads me into uh, this exploration of thinking Pilates, thinking, you know, to be, um, I don't know, Deborah, this is familiar to you, I'm sure, as a practitioner of meditation and um, to be this idea of being breathed, you know, to, to not just mm-hmm. to breathe, but the act of being breathed. And when I think about thinking Pilates, it's like to, to be moved, right? Not to endeavor to move something, but to be moved physically and emotionally and, and spiritually, um, to be thinked, right? Pilates to be thinked, <laughs> to there's, there's a level of depth and richness that, um, in my personal experience is mightily overlooked, um, in our profession and, um, you know, thinking Pilates to think about it, to, you know, to be in it and thinking about it. And, um, Deborah, I, I would love for you to say a little bit about about that as our role as practitioners, ever, ever more practitioners and what that, you know, how that plays into this, this mm, idea of thinking Pilates. Yeah. Well, something I was just thinking about today (laughs) as I went through um, my own practice was how um, we have to give ourselves not just permission, but look for how how the work has to change depending on life, depending on the stage of life we're in. Um, it's not simply, um, well, you know how people always say if they've had an injury or they've had a baby or something has taken them off the path for a while or off track, and then I hear over and over people saying, I just want to get back to where I was. Mm -hmm. I just want to be able to do what I used to be able to do. And believe me, I understand that. Um, But it's actually impossible because we can't ever go back to exactly who we were. We'll never do exactly what we used to do. And that's not bad. If If we insist on that, even to the degree of trying to do something the way you did it yesterday, it's um, it, it can only it can only be um, disappointing in the end. Because what what I find fascinating in, is how to well how to be with whatever's actually happening right now. So you know, people always talk about being in the present. It's a pretty, uh, if you really, really consider what being in the present is for you, um, then you, you don't look back. You don't look back and try and recreate an experience or recreate what you've done. You actually listen and 
feel and sense into exactly what's going on now. It doesn't mean that you don't bring forward what you've learned or the, you know, the intelligence that your body has, has cultivated from, from what you've done, but, but to actually embrace and enjoy the keeping going. You know, I, again, it's something about getting to a certain age, and, and a good deal of my clients are now well above 50 and into 60, and I've got many in their 70s. And and it and for that population, certainly, uh, there is much less of this uh, in, you know, having to get through the exercises or, you know, perform a certain thing or achieve something. It's really more about... Um, don't give up, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. keep, keep going. But the keeping going has to do with this, uh, interest in who, who is, who is it right now today? Who's, who's doing the work and, and letting that, letting that inspire ourselves. Mm-hmm. I hope I answered your question on some level. I, I feel like this mm-hmm. thinking aspect is, um, it it has to do with using our using our intelligence, using our curiosity, um, and not just trying to uh, build, um, get better at something or recreate something or uh, you know like that. It's it's actually paying attention to literally what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. And as we were talking about before, this idea of, as teachers, to be practitioners first and to embody this idea as an ongoing, you know, as ongoing work, because it's not really, I mean, for me, not an arriving, and I think you would agree with that, but an ongoing practice of not just the physical form, but the attention, the dedication, and the recommitment Right, the diligence and the perseverance and the patience around. I think patience is the best one, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, around diligence and discipline and some of those other words. Um, they're good. They're all good words. They can get hard. Mm-hmm. You know, they can have a kind of a certain edge, especially in our culture. You mm-hmm. know, there's so much around discipline, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, making ourselves get up every day and do all the things we're supposed to do, including our workouts, um, which is, you know, wouldn't it, for me, it's like, yes, of course, I'm extremely disciplined. Uh, it's, I kind of play with that word a little bit, you know, my disciplining myself to, to harden and force myself just keep going or my or is my discipline to stay open you know and um the body i mean really our body is is who we are and how we know our place in the world you know we're not a tree Mm -hmm. we're we're human and so the expression of that human is a, a lot through the physical because that's our 
form. That's our form, our physical human form. So even if you want to talk about um, something deeper, something richer, something more spiritual, it's um, it's it's what it, how does that express through us? Mm. So it's still physical, and the more the more sensitive we can become to the own workings of our body. And as you started to talk about earlier about the breath being breathed, the more we actually can feel into the subtleties of the breath in the body and the different tones and the different literally feelings and states of beings that are going to come up on different days, on different times. That's, that's our connection to the, to this other, you know, as you said, more esoteric aspect of things, but it it is through the physical form, but not if we do it with a hardening and an aggression to ourselves and a need to just get through it or some kind of need to achieve or get somewhere. Right. Or be something, right. Be 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 defined. Right. And I think, um, uh, you know, I, I, I would just uh, wholeheartedly agree with all of that. And, and I have my own, my own challenges with that word discipline as a, as a word, as an interpretation and as a practice. But I think the, when we're talking about this idea of thinking Pilates, uh, showing up a new, each, each experience, you know, each, each trial, um, it's really, I feel like the blend of practice and exploration and curiosity, as you mentioned, um, really reveals itself to me, uh, in, in the idea of diligence, which to me is an allowing of, of a commitment to starting over and over and over mm-hmm. and over yeah. again. And yeah. I think, you know, and that to, that in itself feels like a discipline, which from, you know, for me, the, 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 the way that I interpret that, the way that feels good to interpret discipline is a commitment and a commitment to diligence, which is a starting over, which is mm-hmm. an acceptance, which mm-hmm. is, you know, an awakeness and, you know, an attentiveness and, 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 and to bring it all for full circle this is what it means to think Pilates, right? To, to kind of bind together uh, our, our practice, our presence in a physical form, our, our emotional tone, as you said, Deborah, and to just, you know, offer into the community, I don't know, a depth, a deeper, a richer place to teach from, which is I, from, for me, a commitment to exploring mm-hmm. the work mm-hmm. for myself. And then, and exactly. From, exactly. Yeah. And then from that place, then we can teach and show up and be authentic and be of service. So, and it's also a developmental issue, I think, because, uh, um, you know, maybe I had these thoughts when I first began teaching that I didn't manifest in the same way. I mean, I was still very much, okay, where do you put the feet? How many springs? I mean, you have to have all that. You You have to have, you know, a decent amount of time on task in terms of confidence with literally the craft. 
like the, the tools of your trade. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, um, we don't want to skip that part either. So this um, kind of desire to inquire further really has, that also comes up, I think, once you've been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, because honey can only focus on one, not too many things at once, you know. So um, I think um, just to say if, for, you know, newer teachers or younger teachers, there's still, you know, very much the exploration of, hmm, what do bodies look like when I ask them to do these movements? What What is the result of the words coming out of my mouth, you know, on that person? Mm-hmm. How, does, how do I get clearer, more precise in my, in my explanation? Um, you know, things like that is still really, really important. Yeah, of course. And, you know, having this conversation with other teachers, new and experienced, um, and, and perhaps driving us, Deborah, the two of us towards what we're really hoping to accomplish in creating the podcast is the idea that this kind of inquiry, this kind this level of discussion is really deeply relevant for, as you said, those of us who've been teaching for um, a while. And I feel like for new teachers, crucial to plant the seeds of, yeah. of these kinds of questions, even if it's as simple as, you know, what I'm always talking about is with my teachers is right now, even though you're in the middle of the, you know, intensity of learning the framework Right and all the all the logistics, it is, it is relevant and important to ask yourself what kind of teacher are you? How even at this stage, how are you showing up? Because I feel That's like right. when we can yeah. even begin to glimpse that we are, we we cultivate the tools for any kind of challenge that we face. And as you know, and as I know, and and many of the people who are listening, that the beginning of teaching Pilates is fraught with challenges and overwhelm and, you know, uh, the imposter syndrome and, and the lack of confidence and all of those things. But, and by asking these questions, by planting the seeds, we can better or more skillfully navigate, you know, our journey into teaching. I was really you know, fortunate to bump into Eve Gentry early on, as you know, and uh, she just constantly, constantly questioned me, you know, mm-hmm. why, why are you doing this? What do you love about it? She always talked about the love of it. Mm-hmm. You know, anytime I would come up with something new and she would, she would always ask me to be able to really explain it to her, but also, you know, do you love it? And I, I, um, I ask my students that all the time. Why Why are you doing this? What makes you think you want to teach Pilates? Mm-hmm. You know, because there's there's the honeymoon phase, right? Yeah, right. Oh, it did so much for me. I loved my teacher so much. I got so much out of it. Yes. I just want to give this to everybody. Yes, right. You know, and then comes the, the work. The reality. You know? So to... Ask yourself on a very regular basis, why are you teaching Pilates? What is this for you? Mm-hmm. 